So before I begin reading, I want to be sure everybody's on the same page. Um, we're going to talk about Moses. If you saw the movie The Ten Commandments and then you read the Bible, you'll find out that that movie is way off. <laughs> way off. I like the movie, but there is a whole lot of stuff that is in that movie that is not accurate, okay, <laughs> according to what the Word of God says. So, so let's just go back a little bit in case you saw the movie. And the movie I'm referring to is the, the old one with um, Charlton Heston, okay? That's the only one that anybody should watch if you're going to watch one because that's the real one. <laughs> but it is not accurate according to the Bible. So if we go back, we know that Moses was born to a family that was Hebrew. This family was enslaved in Egypt. But because at this time the firstborn child was being killed, the family took this baby and hid him. They put him in a basket, they put him in a river, and they, they set this up so that the princess of Egypt would find this baby and have mercy on him. God ordained all of these things to bring this, I and mean, I'm, I'm really condensing this, please go and read some of this yourself and find out the right order. But what we see then is that as she finds the baby, she then finds someone that can tend to the baby. And, and coincidentally, you know, just by happenstance, by chance, um, the mother of Moses is the one that got to raise him. And if you do a little bit of looking and, and everything, you'll find out that Moses knew who his family was. You'll find out that this wasn't a secret to him but he did at some point in, as he was raised, he was handed over to the princess to be her son, so to speak. And so Moses is raised as a prince of Egypt, basically. And he gets to a point where he sees how Israel is being treated and how harshly they're being treated. And, and there, he had to know who he was, right? He knew who he was. Otherwise, he wouldn't have cared about those Israelites. And so he sees one of them being mistreated one day, and he kind of gets angry, and he ends up killing one of the Egyptians that is harming one of the Israelites. And then the next day or so, he, he gets upset with two of the Israelites that are arguing, and says, hey, why are y'all arguing? And they kind of make an accusation toward him because they knew he killed the Egyptian. And so he realizes that he is not in a, the best position and decides he needs to flee because he doesn't want to suffer the penalty of murder. Okay, everybody with me so far? So Moses flees out into the wilderness and through a bunch of circumstances that he encounters, he marries a sheep herder's daughter. He's called the priest of Midian. And he spends 40 years. Y'all, 40 years is a long time. He spends 40 years out in the wilderness, tending sheep, raising a family, all of those things, thinking all of that stuff in Egypt is behind him. Let's face it, 40 years goes by, you're not thinking about that stuff too much anymore. <laughs> 
Lately I've been reminded there's been several things that have been presented to me that happened 20 years ago, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 20 years. I just hit my 18th anniversary at Volcraft, uh, and I think about some of the people that I worked with at my previous job, and I'm like, my goodness, that's almost 20 years ago. So 40 years has gone by. And Moses is just going about his daily life, tending sheep. And so we, we pick up right there. It says in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. So let's just look at what Moses was doing, y'all. Moses was heading one direction. He was trying to accomplish one task. And I, I found myself in this position so many times lately. I'm trying to go one way. I'm trying to do one thing. I've got this, maybe even a list of tasks I need to accomplish for the day or for the week or whatever. I've got this plan in place. Here's what I'm planning to do. But then Moses sees something that's out of the ordinary. It's not what he would commonly see in the desert. Listen, this man has spent 40 years out in the desert tending this flock. This is extraordinary. He ain't never seen this before. In all those 40 years, he never one time encountered a bush burning that just continued to burn. It wasn't consumed. He says, he says something very pertinent today that I want you to hone in on as I read this. He says, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. So he's heading in one direction. He's trying to accomplish a task. But then something else presents itself. And he says, I'm going to turn aside. What does that mean? He says, I've got this stuff I'm doing. But I'm going to put that on hold for a minute. And I'm going to turn over here and look and see this extraordinary thing. As I thought about that this week, you know, I, God deals with me in weird ways, y'all, because I'm weird. Um, so he knows. He, I've got to get on his level sometimes for him to hear me. Uh, and sometimes God will wait until Sunday morning to tell me what I need to be preaching about. And sometimes he'll hit me at the beginning of the week. And usually it's the ones at the beginning of the week that I know he's probably working on me about all week long. And he hit me with that early in the week. That, just that phrase, turn aside. 
And man, as I thought about that all week, I, I, I realized how busy I am. How, how just overcome with the day-to-day tasks, the routine. Here, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. And how easy it would have been for Moses to say, well, isn't that weird? All right, back to work. But Moses takes a moment and he says, you know what? I'm going to put all of my life on hold. The thing I've been doing for 40 years, I'm going to put it on hold for a moment. And I know, y'all, I'm, I'm greatly simplifying this. I'm, I'm, I'm making a, a mountain out of a molehill almost. But I want you to hear what the Lord is saying to you today. He said, I'm going to put all that on hold. And I'm going to turn aside for a moment. And I'm going to come over here and see this sight, this thing that's not normal, this thing that's out of the ordinary, this thing that I've never ever seen before and I might not ever see again. Do you hear what I'm saying? This thing is not the normal flow of my day. I'm going to turn aside and see this for a minute. And so as I thought about that, I thought about Moses and and how he decided to stop everything he's doing and to look a little closer at this thing. And then I thought about Moses in that 40 years he spent out there and how none of that was the right time, but this time was the right time. You see, never before had God done something like this in Moses' life, but all of a sudden it was time and God said, okay, now's the time for you to meet up with me. God could have spoke to Moses 40 years before back in Egypt and said, hey, I've got something for you to do, buddy. But he didn't. He could have spoke to him, you know, year one when he got out into the wilderness when he's going through probably a lot of adjustment from moving from a palace to the desert. But he didn't. He could have spoke to him in 20 years, wherever, whatever point he wanted to, he could have said, hey Moses. But he didn't. He waited for 40 years. Why? Because God knows the right time. God knows the time that is appointed for Him to meet you wherever you are and that you will take notice. You see, before then, Moses might have said, I don't have time for that right now. i got too many sheep to tend to. But the time was right and Moses said, you know what, I'm going to put all that on hold. Forget all this thing I'm doing and I'm going to go see what's going on over here. And when he does, he shows up and then God speaks to him. I just want you to think about your life a little bit today and how many times are you going about doing whatever it is you do and God's doing something trying to get your attention and you just keep rolling. Maybe He's doing something extraordinary around you that deserves a little bit of time and attention. You see, what I've noticed in my life is that when I seek God out, I find Him. When I take some time out of my schedule to to find out what God's doing, He meets me there. And this is what I see in Moses in this passage we're reading today, is that Moses set aside this time. He said, I'm going to go over here 
I'm going to see what this is about. I can almost guarantee y'all, and this isn't recorded here in the Scripture, but because I know how God works, I can almost guarantee you He had a little, a little nudge in His spirit. Hey, you ought to go check that out. Have you seen something kind of crazy going on around you? And you took that little time to get a little closer? See what it's all about? Or you just keep doing what you're doing? Y'all, I don't know the right way to say everything I need to say today. But I trust that the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. And it's not just about being busy. Sometimes we're focused on the wrong thing. Sometimes it's, it's not that we're just so overwhelmed with our workload. Sometimes it's just we're not faced the right direction. And I'm going to tell you all something about Moses. Moses would have been perfectly content staying in that desert for another 40 years. We, we look at Moses and we, there's a big part of us, just like the followers he had, that want to kind of elevate him a little bit, like he's some mighty man of God. And I want you all to understand, Moses was a man. Moses would have been happy staying in that desert with his family another 40 years. If you will go on and read in chapter 3 there, you will see a discourse that took place between him and God and how God began to call him and tell him what he was about to take part in, what God was wanting to do for the children of Israel that were stuck in bondage. And Moses did, wasn't really on board with all of that. Okay, he, he, he never said, no, I'm not doing that, God, but he had excuses. He had plenty, right? He started off, first of all, God, why would they believe me? So God says, well, you see that thing in your hand there? What is that? Moses said, well, that's a rod. He said, throw it on the ground. It becomes a snake. He picks it up. And y'all, I'm with Moses on this one. It scared him. I don't know part of a snake. God had to then tell him, grab it by the tail. Don't grab it by the head, Moses. Grab it by the tail. And it turned back into a rod. He gives him several signs to go about showing that he is... Sent by God. That ought to be enough. No. Moses, Moses said, well, God, you know I'm not a very good speaker. Why am I telling you all this? Because I guarantee you, in your walk with God... God has called you out. He has appointed things for you to do. He may have put people in your path, things that you need to turn aside and see. But all along, what do we do? Our human nature is to say, well, but... As I read that passage, and I encourage you to go read it later, what you see God do is... God simply gives him direction. He says, here's what I'm going to do, Moses. What God wanted was for Moses to just recognize that God was enough. That He was enough. And because of a lack of faith or a lack of want to, a lack of desire, whatever it was, 
Moses began to interject excuse after excuse about why this wasn't going to go over very well. And God had an answer for it. And finally, God gets angry with him. Why does he get angry? Because Moses didn't recognize that God already knew all of those things he was going to say and that when he called him to it, he was enough. Maybe that same thing is happening to you right now and God's dealing with you. And Really, God just wants to simply say, okay, here's what I want to do. And here's what I need you to be a part of. And He really wants us to just say, yes, Lord. Because we know Him. Because we know what He's capable of. Because we have faith to believe that He's able. And if God says it, He will do it. That's not what we do a lot of times. A lot of times we start to question. A lot of, a lot of times we feel like we need to know all the details. First thing Moses said, God, how are they going to believe that you sent me? I'm just going to show up. You see, he's thinking through this process. He's trying to figure out all the little details of how this plan is going to play out. And when I show up in Egypt, you, you want me to do what? And how are they going to know? And, and what am I going to say? And you know, I can't speak good. They're, they're not going to listen to a, a stuttering fool that's tell, talking about all this crazy stuff. Guys, look, I, I'm going I'm to just interject some... some Kevin understanding, this is all it is, take it for what it's worth, please don't put any stock in this. But I kind of feel like God was saying, would you just do what I'm telling you to do? Don't you think I know that? And y'all, I don't know how many times in my life I have went through that same line of thinking where I feel like I need to weigh out all these things, like I'm talking to a normal person, and God is saying, would you just do what I'm telling you to do? Don't you think I know all of that already? Don't you think I knew that when I created this burning bush for you to see and turn aside from the work you were doing? Don't you think I was aware of what was going to be necessary to free the children of Israel from bondage before I ever spoke to you about it? I just want to encourage you today before we dismiss this morning. Child of God, just turn aside. See what the Lord has for you. Think about Moses. Man, what would he have missed out on? Man, there's a lot of hardships he had to endure over the next 80 years. <laughs> However long, I, I may have my numbers wrong there. A long time that he had to endure dealing with a bunch of stiff-necked people that was ready to just go back to Egypt. They would rather just be back slaves again. Right? All that wandering. Not lost, just wandering. He wouldn't have to deal with all that stuff if he wouldn't have went and checked this burning bush out. So it might be easy for us to say, well, maybe I don't want to pursue what God has. I'm telling you, it was... It was worth it.
because there's another time we see Moses after Moses has died, after Moses has uh, been buried in the mountains by God. Uh, we see him on another mountain. We see him standing there with Jesus in a different body, a new body. Maybe we wouldn't have seen Moses there. Maybe it would have been somebody else. And I, I'm, I'm bringing that out because I want you to see that, yes, you may go through struggles when you turn aside to see what God's doing and then you get over here to look a little closer. That might be the thing that kicks off a whole chain of events in your life that God's wanting to take you down this other path. And along the way, you're going to look at it and you're going to say, man, it might have been better if I just stayed in the desert. It might have been better if I'd have just forgot all of that stuff and just tended to them sheep. But man, look what you miss out on. You see, going through the dark valley is never fun while you're in the valley. Except the Word of God tells us that we should count it all joy when we encounter all sorts of trials and temptations and things like that. Because the trial of our faith is worth much more than gold that has been tried by fire. So turn aside, child of God, and see what the Lord has for you. Turn aside, sinner. See what kind of work God wants to do in your life. Turn aside, all of you that are broken and in bondage, turn aside and see how the Lord wants to restore and set you free. Just take a moment. When you see God wanting to do something, you see something that's just kind of out of the ordinary, and you say, well, that's not normal. Just take a moment and say, Lord, what, what do you want me to see in this? I go back to verse 2 there. It says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. But then if you go on down, it says in verse 4 that the Lord saw that he turned aside and God called to him from the midst of the bush. So the Lord sent an angel, but then he showed up. So we see things happen in our lives sometimes and like that doesn't look like God but when you dig in, you get closer, you, you begin to seek Him, then God shows up and begins to speak to you. See, God wants to encounter you. He wants to meet you at the place that you're at. He wants to meet you there. And man, I don't know how many times in my life where I've been at a place that just felt lonely, that felt disconnected, it felt dry, it felt dark. But then I begin to call on God, and God meets me there. He wants you to turn aside from all of the things going on in your life and look to Him and see this great sight. God wants to show you a great sight. 